Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Hide Action, episode four of season five. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggs on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Well, the podcast, the podcast is Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast, actually, on Instagram. I was corrected by my nephew. Thank you, Cooper. He's our social media guru. We have a link tree. Did you know that? Actually, yeah. a link tree. Link trees are growing all throughout my neighborhood, so I'm glad that we have one on our page. <laughs> um, so anyway, Action, obviously, hopefully this will be an episode, you know, mistake-free of technical issues. Sorry, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Had some remotes. Haven't worked out so great, but we're back to our studios. We've got the Ferndale studio. We've got the, we've got the Edgewater studio in full effect. Uh, let's do this, Action. No background this week, though. We get to see the beautiful family photos in the back. I like this just as much as the side action background. Yeah, the side action background is good, but it's kind of weird, you know, moving yeah. around. It's like a weird thing. Just, everybody wants to see the pictures back there. I'm going to put up a new picture, actually. Nice. Right here and rearrange some things. But um, So I'm going to give you a couple of updates. First of all, actually, I forgot to mention last week in the Vegas recap, as you see, I'm wearing the original Million Ma- Millionaire Maker hat wow. today. The OG. We did not get a hat this year, Action. We signed up late. They ran out of the Million Maker hats. What? They had, yes. They're like, do you want a Survivor hat? I'm like, no, I do not want the Survivor hat. I <laughs> want a Millionaire Maker hat. They ran out. It was after 12 o'clock. We were so well, man. So I was banking on that hat at the pool so it wouldn't burn my face off. They didn't get anywhere close to 6,000 entries. I mean, that was the guarantee. How could they not have ordered 6,000 hats? <laughs> That's exactly what I said to, to the proxy. I said, this doesn't make any sense. How do you have more survivor hats when you had 6,100 entries? Yeah. Maybe she got confused. Maybe I should have talked to another individual. I don't know. I was <laughs> I was taken aback. So if we don't do great this year, we can blame that, that we don't have a hat to fall back on. Or we could look at it the other way around, that it's an omen, that we don't need their stinking hat. We'll just take the money. Exactly. Give me the money. Give me the money. So um, let me give you a Shockers update. This is obviously everybody's favorite flag football team. We did get the win last week, Action. I will tell you, much like a lot of these NFL games that we'll talk about, we didn't have a quarterback, first of all. We had to put Jimmy Corona mm-hmm. to cue. So, you know, that was interesting. Came out leading 20 to nothing in this game after our first possession in the second half, just like these other teams gave up a ton of points, ended up winning 20 to 19, holding out to the last play of the game. They went for two in the win and we stopped them. Actually, they threw out of bounds. Um, We got our first win, but we probably didn't cover the number. Wow. It uh, sounds like I'm down to the wire, just like most NFL games this season. Sounds exciting. I missed it. It was 85 degrees. I think some fitness was involved. There was some people tired. He got a shot in the back, went out. He's on the IR now. We're not sure he's going to come back. And another young guy made a great play, hurt his knee. It's carnage out there on the flag football field, just in the NFL. Well, I certainly miss playing, but not the injury part of the game. 
Exactly. So what do we got here? You said new odds screen, Spank odds. What do we got here? Yeah, I went to report on this last week. But I forgot about it. Uh, Spanky, who is like a well-known gambler in the Twitter sphere, and I think he has his own podcast as well. He recently came out with a new product that he uh, debuted, and it's yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to charge it. But if you go to spankodds.com, you get to download a little JavaScript program to your computer, and it provides live odds from across way more books than I've ever even heard of. Mm. And the cool part about it is that you can toggle through all the different first half, quarter, full game odds. You look at team totals. There are so many options that you can look on the odd screen. And if you have it up while you're handicapping, you can see the line moves in real time. It provides little flashes up on the screen to give you an idea of where the money's moving. That's great. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that's an actual website. Yeah, it's a website. It's a uh, if you log in or if you go to the website, you give them your email address, and then they send you a link with your personal username and password. But it's free. Nice, free. I like I like free. I like free. Mm -hmm. Last thing I didn't mention last week on updates. You know, we used to go over this all the time, like state by state updates. It's gotten so commonplace, but apparently California is very close on passing a, yeah. a legalization bill. But one of the sticking points is. Well, the money's supposed to go to help fund homeless, like homeless shelters and stuff mm -hmm. and, and housing, which is you know, near, near and dear to my heart. But apparently there's different sides of the fence that people are on and against it because some of the money will go to, I guess, non, what would I call it, non-gaming tribes of yeah. Native Americans. Uh, because obviously the money is generated a lot of times on uh, reservation land that have gaming, but there are some reservations that don't have gaming. So there's actually opposition on both sides there from different tribes. So it's, it's kind of a hotly contested thing. My brother sent me that. I'm sure he's not listening, but I told him I mentioned the podcast. Yeah, there's two separate bills, actually. One is for in-person brick-and-mortar shops only. Mm. And then the separate one is for the online gaming, which would obviously do like 10x in terms of volume. Sure. And that's the one that's tied to the, the homeless funding. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... It's going to be very interesting to see if either of them pass. I suppose that both of them could pass as well. I mean, they're completely separate bills. And you'd think that that would probably surpass the Jersey handle, which has been the dominant oh, yeah. one so far. At some point, New York, New York is legal now too, right? But yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll surpass. Maybe they'll switch with Jersey because a lot of that was crossing the border from from uh, New York. So, but we're, we we don't forget our our roots of talking about the. That's uh, right. You know, we were only like one place, two places were legal. So, all right, well, let's talk about the NFL uh, week two in review. Interesting week. Uh, we could talk about preview, everybody. Sorry, we we'll let you down. We didn't have a great week in the picks, but we'll go over that. Some key injuries. One of them, I think, actually helps the team. Uh, Trey Lance, out for the year, ankle broken, awful injury. Didn't look good. They replayed it too many times. Jimmy G steps in. He may not be 100% himself, but. He played very well, and obviously we knew that they were probably going to beat Seattle, but he kind of trounced him 27 to seven. He also had the rookie running back, you know, get out of there too, uh, Tyron Davis Price, and you've got your Marlon Mack, your former former team, you know, Colt guy, in there. So the Niners prospects, I think they, I think they pick up. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we talked about it in the season preview about how uh, we couldn't bet on the Niners in any season long wagers because of the, so many unknowns with the quarterback Trey Lance and I think immediately you saw I, I wasn't watching the game but I saw the highlights and the, it, 
the team obviously uplifted after Garoppolo came into the game. You could see the energy pick up on both sides of the ball, and it's clear that they are really liking Jimmy G under center. Yeah, and it's a shame for Lance. I mean, we can talk about the prospects. I always like the Niners. You know, with him in there was not as good, but young guy, hopefully his ankle can recover. It was a nasty injury, so hopefully he can recover and have a good career, but a you know, tough break for him. Mm-hmm. In other news, you've got Mike Evans. You know, he got suspended for week three. It was a really unique play where, I don't know, people were, Lattimore was getting in Brady's face or something, and Evans and them were going at it all game. Evans comes in and just jacks Lattimore, a fight ensues. He gets kicked out of the game. Sometimes you don't see a suspension because he did miss half the game, but he's going to miss all of week three. You've also noted a ton of injuries for the Bucks, including Keem Hicks, who used to be a bear. He's out for a month with, you know, plantar fascia tear. We knew Godwin was already out. Julio's, you know, he, who knows if he's going to play in Perryman, Russell Gage, Scotty Miller. I mean, I think maybe maybe I could suit up. Although Cole Beasley was signed for the Bucs. Um, maybe I can suit up if I get my, my stomach in shape after the drinking all week. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the, how does this affect the Bucs this week? Well, I mean, it's uh, not looking good. It, I think the biggest concern is the injury core. I mean, the wide receiver core, because, you know, there you hear this term all the time in gambling circles, cluster injuries. And I mean, the wide receivers are decimated for this team. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've already seen some uh, injuries on their offensive line as well. And so they're not getting Brady a ton of protection and time in the pocket to throw and just add right. in all these wide receiver injuries. I think it's going to make an offense that was mediocre at best so far this season a little bit poorer. And uh, it's going to be tough for them to score on Sunday against a, a decent Packers defense. Right. We'll talk about that later. So let's talk about last week, some of the highlighted games that I put out there. Not all of these were our picks, but obviously the crazy game, the Ravens game. Ravens were up gigantic in this game. I think they were up 24 to 7 and a 35 to 14. I think that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins were <clears throat> Ravens were three and a half point favorites at home, and all of a sudden, you know, Tua put on a cape. But I don't know if it was as much Tua as that defense. Just I don't know what the hell they were doing, leaving people wide open. Uh, Tyreek Hill with a gigantic touchdown. Waddle with a touchdown. I mean, it was like six touchdown passes, four of which in the fourth quarter from Tua, and they come all the way back to win in regulation, 42-38. Um, crazy comeback. And funny, because I thought that was a rocking chair game at some point in the third quarter. And, you know, it's are over in the NFL, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, you know, usually this Baltimore Ravens team is really good at burying their opponents when they get leads like that just because they're so successful at running the ball. But so far, the weeks this season, they haven't set it up yet, and uh, teams are really keying in on Lamar Jackson and his running ability. Now, they have been successful passing it, but, I mean, that in itself is what allowed Miami to get back in the game in that fourth quarter because the Ravens just couldn't keep the clock moving. Right, exactly. Sorry, a uh, bad note here. Colts, uh, you know, TBD, uh, they, they they were terrible. Um, shut out in Jacksonville. They were a pick. They lost 24 We'll talk about, let's go into the Colts in a minute. But first of all, this team hasn't won in Jacksonville since 2014. I don't understand that because the Jags haven't been good in that stretch. So some, is there, I mean, I know there's great strip clubs down there. It's possible. It's like a Vegas flu, like a Jacksonville flu. Thing. <clears throat> but what the hell is wrong with the Colts? You, you think it's Matt Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, I've i seen some reports already that Matt Ryan has cooked, and he just doesn't have the same run that he's had in years past. But um, right. I, to answer your question about Jacksonville, I don't know what it is. I could be a good reason, but 
but for whatever reason, I mean, you know, the, the temperature was certainly higher than it was, than it would be in the year, but I mean, that doesn't hold water because they lost in January last year in Jacksonville. So um, I don't think it's the heat and humidity. I think it's just something to do with that team and that city and uh, perhaps the coaching mismatch, you know, right. And uh, Peterson used to coach together in Philadelphia. And so they've been a little bit of a, a mentor mentee thing there last week, but Outside of that, I think the wide receiver injuries were very problematic. Ashton Doolin was the top targeted wide receiver. And uh, without the weapons there on the outside, Matt Ryan is even more pedestrian than normal. Well, and the defense hasn't performed well either. So, I, I, well, I guess we can talk. Are they going to get, what's Shaq. his name now? Darius? Shaq, or Shaq now. Are they getting Shaq this week? Is he back? He didn't play yeah, I saw some reports that. Uh, he's been practicing this week, although that was the same last week. So I thought he was going to be back and didn't suit up, but I think he's going to uh, be out there on Sunday. Okay. All right. This one, you know, bizarre situation. Panthers, I mean, they were going in, they were the dog, right? Didn't we have two and a half or something mm-hmm. on this one? And then they went to one point, they closed as a favorite. They still lost the game outright. The Giants, it was kind of a lame game, actually, considering all the other games. Yeah. But final score, 19-16, Giants win. Now they're 2-0, actually, which is shocking. Um, I've noted they're, they're struggling to protect Baker, and McCaffrey's not doing shit. So kind of weird turn of events. We'll talk about them in this week. But I don't know. Is it is it, you think this is more of a Giants victory or, or just Carolina just can't put it I wouldn't characterize this one as a Giants victory, I think. Uh, Carolina actually played really well in the game. They just had a couple of fluke plays where they gave up. Uh, there was a six-point swing in there just based on a couple of flukes. And, um, you know, it was a really tight, contested, low-scoring game. And I really still believe that Carolina was the right side and that uh, the Giants really didn't deserve that victory. Yeah, the, book, the book's like that a lot because all that mm-hmm. money came from. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's two <laughs> weeks in a row that you've seen late morning, Sunday morning money come in on Carolina. So, there's obviously some groups out there with a lot of money that like Panthers. Yeah. All right, we were on the Saints. Uh, the Saints used to have Tom Brady's number, but this was a tight game. This was 3-3 three to three into the fourth quarter, and then, I don't know, a couple things happened. Um, first of all, James Winston was playing with a fractured vertebrae. I don't know why the hell he's playing. But he was playing, and he did what he does, turns the ball over, a couple late picks, and the Bucs flipped the game and won pretty easily 20-10. to 10. So the Saints didn't cover that plus two and a half. I don't know that, you know, I don't trust Jameis anyway. And, and Kamara hasn't played yet. So maybe they'll play better. Um, they'll be just playing these grind them games now. It's about high flying like they've been in the last yeah, couple seasons. Yeah, 190 pass yards for Brady and Fournette only had 65 on the ground. I think that the Saints defense really bottled them up. And I will mm-hmm. say that the Lattimore getting ejected completely changed the game because he yeah. was bottling up. Evans and the other receiver, mostly Evans, but really stopping that offense. And then as soon as that play happened, the Bucks just went on a run, aided by a few penalty flags, which we don't really need to talk mm-hmm. about. But I believe mm-hmm. that if that little scuffle and ensuing fight didn't happen, that the Saints would have pulled that one out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another bad one for us, the Rams. This is another game where they were killing their opponents. They're playing Atlanta at home. They were our survivor. We, we survived, but they were 10-point favorites. They were up by, was it 28-3 in this game? I think in the third quarter. Um, they're covering still late. They let Atlanta block a punt and return it for a touchdown. It's the first time in 21 years the Falcons have done that. They also 
get a late safety. So, I mean, it wasn't even close to cover. They, they won the game 31-27. It did hurt our pick. I just, it's fascinating how these guys can't hold leads anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a pick six late in the first half, too, which gave mm-hmm. the Rams their big lead. So I can't call those a wash in reality. And, you know, they certainly should have held on, but this is the second week in a row that the Falcons offense has been exceeded odds makers expectations. And so that's yep. really my takeaway from the game. Okay. Last one, the only one we hit action was the Texans, you know, plus 10. It was kind of a nail biter for us. Trying to get one on the board. This Broncos team could not score on a team. Hackett seems over his head as a coach for Denver. Uh, in, you know, the, the futility in the red zone for Denver continues as last week they had the two fumbles on the one. They had, you know, whatever. I think they had a, a field goal situation. They probably should have gone for it. Then they had a penalty. They knocked him out of field goal range. It just seems like this team can't piece it together. They did get the win in Denver 16 and 9, but we got the cover and the Texans are, they're playing ugly, but they're, they're staying in games, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, defense is playing pretty good, even though they're still about middle of the pack, according to DVOA. I think my takeaway on this was just the futility of this Denver offense. Again, Russell Wilson, like 200 passing yards and only being able to put up 16 points against the Houston Texans defense a week after, uh, playing poorly against the Seattle Seahawks defense raises some serious red flags in my mind, especially going up against San Francisco this weekend. Agreed. Agreed. Let's go over three more games that weren't on our card. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they were seven point favorites going into Dallas. You did mention this on the pod that you didn't trust that. I was, I mean, the Dallas defense is pretty good. Let's face that. They didn't have mm-hmm. Dak Cooper rush now two and zero against the spread and two and zero as a starter. But it's really the offensive line. Burrow sacked over and over again. I think he's been sacked 14 times in the first two games, which is incredible. Now they were they were down. I think it was 17 nothing or 17 to three. Came all the way back to tie, but obviously Cooper Rush led his team uh, to the victory with a, a late field goal. What's going on with the Bengals? They just can't protect Burrow. I mean, another game where the opposing defense got a ton of pressure on him and sacks and. Uh, you know, you got to say, though, uh, you have to look at the strength of schedule. The Steelers and the Cowboys are probably two of the most relentless defensive lines in the league. Yeah. And so things are only going to go up from here, I believe, for this offensive line. Well, that's a little foreshadowing, I think. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so Micah Parsons not going to be playing for the Jets. Uh, okay, Raiders. What the WTF? This another one, 20 to 20. I think it was 23 to nothing. I put 20 to nothing. They were 23 to nothing in this game. They they were a five and a half point favorites at home. They, they you know, it seemed like Cliff Kingsbury was about to get fired at halftime. And then all of a sudden they let the roadrunner run around there, you know, just making them look silly out there. And Kyler Murray woke up, played great, tied the game. A little bit controversial in my mind on the defensive thing on fourth down in the last five seconds, but they ended up getting the score, getting the two-point conversion to tie, and then they, they won in overtime, 29-23. So the Raiders not only didn't cover, but lose outright, you know, and it goes over, which was, you know, that was your cash ticket. But another game where teams just cannot hold leads. Yeah, you have to remind me of that miraculous over later on in the season when I whine about a bad beat because uh, – <laughs> That was definitely a miracle to go over 51 and a half. I, I just think the Raiders are overrated, yeah. to be honest. They're just not, you know, they won 
a lot of really close games last year. And I think that record from last season and making the playoffs gave them a little bit of an inflated look this year from the public and the odds makers alike. And I just don't think they're very good. So, uh, you know, they built a big lead, but Devontae Adams didn't play very well last week. The Cardinals, even though they have a pretty weak defense, they were able to bottle him up. And then uh, letting Kyler Murray and an offense with no real weapons back that late was also giving me some question marks. Right. We didn't put this on the card, by the way, but we should just mention it. One of the biggest busts, especially for Survivor, were the Browns against the Jets. Up by, mm-hmm. What was it, up by 13 points? 13. 13 yeah, points with up. a minute 55 left to go the game. They let Joe Flacco get his first win in like five years, scoring twice. I, I It's unbelievable. Um, they, and what's funny is it's one of those situations. Chubb, if he actually kneels down they and not score, they probably can just run the clock out. Instead, gets the score, goes up by the 13, and the extra point, which cost them. And then they let him come back, and the Jets get their win. And, you know, not only, I mean, broke a lot of hearts. Uh, and, and, I mean, I think that was, it was the contest pick, but a lot of people were in on that, that pick. Oh, yeah, certainly a uh, survivor pick, heavy survivor pick last week. Last one you noted is the Eagles. They do look really good. Uh, Darius Slay shut down Jefferson. They won easily in this game. This game wasn't close. Uh, your guy, Jalen Hurts, I hope you have an MVP ticket on him. He's putting up big points here. Uh, you have 333 passing yards, 57 rushing yards, two touchdowns on the ground. The Eagles look like they may be for real. Yeah, I already cashed my Josh Allen MVP ticket in my mind. So my one and only this year. But, I mean, the Eagles were awesome. I was very impressed. I had a ticket on the Vikings last week, and uh, that one was going nowhere fast because – that defense was awesome, and they just couldn't stop Jalen Hurts on the other side. I think he put up many of these numbers in the first half, in fact. Yeah. 330 passing yards, 57 rushing yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. And um, he is playing like an MVP caliber quarterback, no doubt. And A.J. Brown seems to be a good move. He's playing really well for them. Trust me, my coworkers were watching that at the retreat, and everybody was drinking it up. So it was it was a fun night. I, I thought it would be a better yeah. game, frankly. Yeah, me too. Both those games, Buffalo, you know, crushed Tennessee. So on the week, uh, you've noted uh, underdogs came in 10-5-1, and uh, unders 11-5, again, just massacring mm-hmm. besides like mm-hmm. a couple of those high-scoring shootouts at the end. Uh, spread only came into play three games, so you're about 15% on the season. You know, two or three games a week is kind of what the average is right now, where a winner hasn't covered, but it, but it did happen, I mean, Chiefs didn't cover against the Chargers last week. So mm-hmm. just some of the overall numbers, you know, we'll see when that starts flipping back to the, to the favorites and the, and the over some point. All right, well, let's go to week three. Uh, obviously, the game's going to be played tonight. We're taping on Thursday on the 22nd. Um, you don't want to talk too much about it, but the uh, Pittsburgh is playing Cleveland. Cleveland in the contest is a four-point favorite. This total is plummeting. I don't even know it's 38 now because the wind I heard is like 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. My only thing I wanted to say about this besides, you know, it should be a Nick Chubb game and all, uh, is will Trubisky get benched in this game or will this be, this be his last start? Because a lot of people are talking about it, whether Pickett and I don't know if you heard you know, Pickens was saying he's been wide open for two games and not getting the ball. So <laughs> um, whether he starts, maybe he'll play a, an aggressive game, but in that wind, it's not going to help him. Yeah, I don't think Trubisky is going to throw it downfield tonight, that's for sure. 
I uh, I dabbled a little bit on the Steelers when it got to four and a half, and uh, I did play the first half under as well. So hoping for a low scoring game and the Steelers get in the door there. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about the other games. I mean, my team, which sucked on Sunday night, I'm glad we didn't put that as a comment period. No surprise there. Probably should have gone with that one. Um, the Texans come in as a two and a half point dog in this game, total around 40, you know, throw up at a 39 and a half. I can't believe the Bears are favored. I, I, I don't, I can't do it, action. Um, you know, obviously, our, our guy and my guy, you know, Fields is not looking great. Uh, Bears defense, I mean, they got, it was about right. That I knew that was going to happen. I wasn't. I thought they played a little bit better. I mean, they got that one touchdown reversed against Green Bay, but two and a half. This is basically saying these teams are even, and I don't think that's true. That's not what the metrics say. So I'm happy to stay away in this one. But if we were going anywhere, I'd have to go with Houston. Yeah, I definitely would lean to the Houston too. Was really hoping that it would be three points, though. I think it's tough to go to the window with them at two and a half because I don't into the numbers a little bit too. And I, their defense has been playing pretty good, but uh, the rush defense is not quite as good as their pass defense. And when you're handicapping the Chicago bears, you got to know that Justin Fields just isn't going to throw up the ball. And he's certainly not going to make many completions. So it's going to be a Montgomery game. And I think the Bears are going to be looked around and pound. And I don't think that Houston is going to have as much success stopping that facet of the bears offense. Right. I do really like the under in this game, though. I I nipped it when it reached 41 at some point. I was shocked to see that it went 38 and a half up to 40 and up to 41, which is a key number. And uh, I just don't see many points being scored on Sunday. Yeah, neither these teams is putting up are putting up big points. I mean, even the first game against the Colts, they you know used to put up 20, but this is a defensive battle, so I, I agree with it being under game. Next game is the Eagles again. You know, they're, they're, they're playing their rivals in the Commanders. Never been the Commanders being the rivalry, but, you know, Washington. Um, this game obviously moved after Monday night. It was open at five, minus five for the road favorite on the Eagles. Now it's six and a half. Total's coming down from 15 and a half to 47. I'm a little surprised at that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Commanders have scored a lot of points. The Eagles, we know they can score. Yes, their defense has played better. I mean, the Eagles last week against Minnesota. I think this would be kind of a shootout game. Six and a half seems a little bit big for me, even though as well as the Eagles are playing. So I'm not saying we should take Washington because we know we've been burned on Wentz before, but all the numbers to me tell you you should take Washington or pass. Yeah, uh, division game. The Eagles are going on the road. However, this is one home field where I think is even lower than two points. I mean, I, I think you'd be lucky to squeeze out one for Washington home field advantage, especially against the Eagles with the crowd who is probably revved up. Well, you can tell me you were there on Monday. They're probably yeah. more pumped about this team than they have been like a decade. And so oh, there's no question. I expect yeah. that it's it might be more than 50% Eagles fans on day. And so I think that home field advantage might be like zero in this game. Um, I initially had the same gut reaction that you did, that Washington would be the look. But when I dive into some of their numbers, granted it's two weeks in, I don't see how the Washington defense is going to stop the Philly rushing attack. They're giving up right. a league worst seven and a half yards per carry on the ground. And I think that the Eagles are just going to destroy them on that side of the ball. And on the other side, I think that the Eagles pass defense is going to be able to stop this Carson Wentz passing attack. So I think that there's actually some value on the Eagles at six and a half. 
Well, nobody's going to, well, I shouldn't say nobody's going to pick him, but I think it'd be a low pick just because of the number, I would think. Maybe not. Um, it's under seven, but let's put it as a yellow. Get discussed. One. Uh, just because Eagles are a team that I can at least be confident on. I mean, the team has played, I mean, they, they did lose them. They didn't take the money we yeah. won. But, um, um, the, one, the one Ben Aiken that I really love, I know you mentioned the total going down. It's presumably just because of division matchup and these teams know each other well. But I just, again, I don't see how Washington's going to stop them. So I played the Eagles team total at 27 to go over. I just don't see how they can prevent them from scoring 27 points. Okay, got it. Uh, this is an interesting game. The Raiders are playing the Titans. Uh, both these teams were playoff teams a year ago. Uh, it opened at minus two for the Raiders on the road. 45-point total up to 45.5 right now. You said it earlier, I can't back the Raiders as a favorite, certainly not on the road. The Titans haven't won a game. Both these teams are 0-2. Actually, it's kind of almost an early elimination game in the AFC, if you ask me. I don't think either of these teams can make it after they go 0-3. I'd be comfortable back in the Titans here, even though they haven't played well, um, just because I, I don't think the, Ra- the Raiders are that good. And at some point, and it might be Derrick Henry, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's just the passing attack isn't as good with A.J. Brown, but the Titans are going to play back. Um, they should have won week one. They didn't play good this week against Buffalo, but Buffalo Super Bowl contender. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have no interest in the Raiders as a road dog here. I was shocked to see that number as well. I actually, Sorry, I, I played uh preseason. I, I played a couple of like random look ahead, some things that I heard. And so I bet the Titans minus one in this spot preseason, um, mm. obviously not a good number now, but um, right. you have to think that some of their metrics are going to be depressed just because of their opponents that they played in the first two weeks. Uh, certainly the Buffalo smashing didn't help their numbers, but they are a negative 1.8 yards per play on net this season, mostly due to that game last week against Buffalo. And uh, on the other side, Las Vegas is uh, gaining 0.1 yards per play. So pretty big disparity there. But uh, as I touched on in the top, I think that the Raiders are way overrated. And uh, I do think that they're going to be able to uh, hold down Devontae Adams a little bit um, despite getting blown up by Josh Allen and uh, Stephon Diggs last week, I think that uh, they're going to be pretty focused on Devontae Adams. And I, I get, I'm not sure about the status of Hunter Renfro. I know he fumbled twice at the end last week, but I see right. I saw that he popped up on the injury report as well. Right, that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, that's important, but I think it's more, can the, can Vrabel get his team right? I, mm-hmm. I just believe in him mm-hmm. as a coach. And at some point, they're going to they're gonna man up and play better. Um I mean, like you said, they got just rough shot over, you know, the Bills run, did anything they wanted last week. But I don't think the, t- the Raiders can do the same. So. And, and this number tells us that, uh, two, you know, two points, that the Raiders are four points better on a neutral field. And I'm just not sure that adds up for me. No, I agree, 100%. All right, here we go. KC, Chiefs going to the Colts. Your Colts, 0-1-1 on the season. It opened as a six-and-a-half point favorite for the Chiefs on the road. 49-point total, it's five-and-a-half now, 49-and-a-half-point total. You know, all the numbers to me say you need to – and I shouldn't say the numbers. All the instinct to me says you have to play the Colts. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go 0-2-1. But the Chiefs, I mean, they didn't play great last week. In fact, they didn't play great. You know, they won the game, but they didn't look great. Um, 
gets really, really fast. Can the defense slow down the Chiefs? Because the offense might be a little bit here playing the Chiefs, but yeah, five and a half is a pretty big number. Um, it did get. I mean, obviously the money's got to be going to the Colts if it came down as five and a half. But what are your what's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, your intuition is right, and you've seen the number move that way, too, because it reached seven at one point this week, and I swiftly jumped on the Colts plus seven. Now at five and a half, though, I think it's a little bit less palatable. Um, you know, uh, I, I agree that the team is now 0-1-1, right? It seems like it's 0-2. It well, should be 0-2. And uh, historically speaking, go, taking the 0-2 side versus the 2-0 and opponent and then add in the fact that they're at home, this seems like a slam dunk. But uh, I think it's probably one that we're better off just sitting on the sidelines and seeing if Matt Ryan and the wide receivers can get back on track this week. Okay. I'm good with it. I'm okay to sit. I mean, the Colts got to show us something, I guess. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, by the way, probably mistakenly, I, I took Cleveland in my survivor this week. Oh, it's wow. a tough week for survivor, dude. This is a yeah. real week. I mean, this is a team – you could take the Eagles on the road. You could take, you know, Kansas City on the road. But it's a tough week to find, like, a home favorite that you feel good about. So, you know. Yeah. I was lining up the Chargers, but certainly want to monitor Herbert's status. Exactly. All right. Next game, uh, Tennessee North rivalry, Detroit against Minnesota. Uh, this game's opened as, you know, six-point favorites for Minnesota. It stayed there at six. Total's gone from 52 to 53 and a half. So, their points scored. Uh, uh, Minnesota gets shut down last week, but, you know, you saw what they did in week one. And they had that electric offense. The Lions have scored at will regardless, and their defense sucks. So I do think that movement to the over makes sense. Six seems like a big number, even though I think like he's probably a um, I'm not sure I can back him in the contest, but what do you think? Yeah, uh, kind of counterintuitive on the move on the total being another division game here, but I certainly can see where the public believes there's going to be a lot of points in this game, given the Lions uh, two out of two over so far this season. Um, I think, though, this is another team where you've seen, we talked about the Panthers earlier, where money has gone to them in both Sunday mornings. Well, when you look at the Lions, there are some considerable moves on them against them both Sunday mornings, and I think that is just some sharps going against the... um, the hard knocks inflation. And, yep. uh, and so that reason I kind of, I think that for me, it's Vikings are pass in this game mm-hmm. because I think that uh, they're certainly going to be able to get right offensively and Kirk cousins and Justin Jefferson and company will be able to pass at will against this Lions secondary. And I think that uh, defensively the Vikings will be able to uh, shut down the Lions offense a little bit more than their previous opponents. Another stat we didn't mention last week, but I remembered when I was watching the Vikings getting trounced, Kirk Cousins, two in like 39 in primetime. Mm-hmm. He's great in the one o'clock window. True. I mean, he's really good. So to your point, I think he gets right if you're a fantasy person. Um, okay, well, let's stay away for now unless we need another pick. Cause, okay. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to – I mean, like I said, the Lions are getting lots of buzz. Um, and what's his name is on the injury report, too, the rookie. Um Oh, uh, Hutch. Hutch, yeah, he's he's on the injury yeah. report. And he's He did some drills on the side with the sleeve on his leg. I guess he got hurt the second half last week. Huh. And, I mean, uh, uh, I was just going to add, too, I, I, we didn't talk about it, but you got to feel like the favorites are going to bounce back a little bit this week. We've had two underdog weeks in a row now, week one and two, and 
I think we would be right to side more on the favorites this week. Yeah, it's going to level out at some point, right? Okay, here we go. Uh, New Orleans goes to Carolina. Uh, New Orleans open as a two and a half point favorite on the road. 40 and a half point total. This is probably going to be a slugfest. It's kind of uh, it's kind of weird because back in the day this would have been high scoring and now it's not. Hmm. So, well, here's my take. I know that I said early in the season I really like the Panthers, and I still do. I'm, I'm like all the, the betters out there. I think their defense is pretty good. It's really Baker in this offense. Can they do anything? Like the Saints are good on defense. We know that. Um, I don't trust Jameis, and I can't back the Saints. I can't back that two and a half on the road in the division. So I'm not sure if I can get you on board with Carolina, but, you know, to me it's it's Carolina pass again. I know I tried to get us, I got us on last week, but the value to me is on Carolina here. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely want no part of the Saints as road favorites here in, inside the division. Uh, would have liked to see seen three on this game, but sure. I'm not surprised that the, the contest makers kind of follow the market here and put the two and a half up there. But uh, I, I'm kind of thinking that we should pass too. Because Kamara, I did see that Kamara is expected to be back this week, and I think that's going to give a little bit of a boost, even more of a boost to the Saints offense. Good. Uh, Michael Thomas is actually playing all the season as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of think pass. Okay, I'm okay to pass. All right, here we go. The Bengals and the Jets. Bengals open as a five-point favorite on the road. They're up to a six in the contest. Total's gone from 43 to 45. A little interesting uh, because of all these unders in our games. But I do understand why people are betting on the Bengals. Again, it's a gut feel. They're 0-2. They're not going to go 0-3. The Jets' defense is not as good as these other defenses. So I would be okay back in the Bengals, although it's a big number on the road. Yeah, six points, though. I mean, it sure. certainly could be seven. Yeah. Um, you have to – do you think that the outcome of the Browns-Jets game on Sunday uh, changed this number a little bit? Well, coupled with the fact that the Bengals lost again. Yeah. I mean, the look at on this game certainly was a touchdown or greater, and, uh, and now we're getting six. So it feels like that there's a little bit of value there seeing Bengals in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, the Jets could have been coming to this game 0-2 and only scoring, you know, 15 points or something. They scored a lot of points late in that game. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals, it's it's protection. Can the Jets get after Burrow? I don't think they can. They don't have the same front four that they've faced in the last two games. You give some time to the Bengals, they're going to score some points. So I think that I understand the move on the total, too. Um, you know, the Jets, Flacco yeah. had his one shot in the sun. Um I, I think this is actually, it could be a, a one-sided game, actually. So I'm on the Bengals here. I do like the over as well, now that you mention it. Although I would certainly want to make sure I got 44.5 or better, the 45 being the key number. Right, right. So are we going green here or just yellow? I, I, I'm for green. Okay. That's not go, That's not gang green. That's not go green for the Jets, everybody. I normally we go Good Jets. Call. It was funny because I told Rainmaker, he asked me for some, you know, Moneyline picks last week, and of course I gave him two trash ones that didn't work. But I told him if you feel if you feel lucky, go with the Jets because I just had a feeling about the Jets, given you know Jacoby Brissett all that stuff. Even though early that game didn't look good, but they did. They got the, yeah. they got the money line winner in that one. Nice. Did he bet it? I probably not. They probably he probably bet the Saints. Like I told him about the stupid Saints and they lose. Um, all right, so this is two more in the one o'clock window. Big matchup in the AFC East. Buffalo Bills go to Miami. Uh, this game opened as a five and a half point favorite for the Bills on the road. Stayed at five and a half. 
Totals ticked up from 51.5 to 53.5. We'll probably differ on this game action, and that's okay, but way better than the Dolphins. I mean, if you took off that, that quarter for Miami, or, you know, mm-hmm. four and a half, Miami has barely scored on offense. Um, they play the Ravens, which I don't, still don't know what happened to the Ravens. But the Bills are full throttle, so I don't know this number hasn't really moved, so it's not like a lot of money besides the total going up. The Bills are a complete package. I know they'll be in Miami. Maybe they'll get tired, blah. I think it's a statement game for the Bills to just smash the Dolphins here. I agree. I do. It's tough because, you know, the wannabe sharp in me knows that the pick is going to be Miami in this game. And this is another team right. where you've seen uh, money come in on them some days. Last two weeks, we had a, a opponent, the New England Patriots, in week one. And then last week as well, uh, money came in on the Dolphins side. But I agree with you that uh, this Buffalo team is kicking ass and taking names. They're giving up 3.6 yards per play on the season, and they're gaining 6.7 on offense for a delta of three yards per play, which is like triple of the maximum that I've seen from good teams in years past. So they they certainly are putting their foot on opponents' throats. And I heard a stat the other day that their last 22 wins – the last 22 games that they've won have all been by double digits. Mm-hmm. And so they clearly don't let up when they get a small lead and they, they look to bury their opponents, which I think is always something that you want to see when you're betting on favorites. And uh, I'm with you. I like the Bills. Yeah, the one counter I've heard this week is that the they've got rookie corners and um, you know Hill and Waddle will eat them up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think... McDermott is too smart to, first of all, go one-on-one. Secondly, he's going to set up zones, and, and that pressure will get to Tua. Yeah. The thing about Tua is, you know, and obviously I'm not going to, you know, about Tua in the past. Look, those dudes were wide open. It wasn't yeah. like these were tight windows he's throwing in, you know. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to make better throws against Buffalo in this one, and I don't think he can do it. So I'm on board. I'm, I'm saying we go we go green here. Yeah, I also heard uh, – uh report this week somebody looking at the all 22 and the ravens were playing press coverage in that fourth quarter against the receivers and hill and waddle were just running right by them and uh kyle hamilton the rookie safety is probably the slow that's why he dropped so far in the draft is how slow he is right the bills are known for playing that zone defense where they keep players in front of them and then just swarm to the ball so i think you're absolutely right the bills defense is set up to stop this offensive attack and then on the other side, I don't think there's any defense in the league that could stop the Bills. Right. Not right now. All right. Green it up. All right. Last one in the 1 o'clock window. You've got the Ravens going to the Patriots. Ravens uh, open as a three-point favorite. Now it's two and a half in the contest. Total's gone from 44 to 43 and a half. So not tons of movement. Key number there, two and a half. Now they are on the road. Um, Patriots did get the win at, the, at Steelers, you know, kind of as I expected. They weren't going to go down 0-2. Ravens are better than the Patriots, so I think this is kind of the right line. Uh, it may just be no value. So I back, the, I back the Ravens here if you want. Otherwise, I'd stay away. So what do you say? Yeah, this is tough because, um, you know, the circuit contest makers are telling us something, I believe, because there's a lot of threes in the market. And uh, I think that they're telling us where they think this line is going to go by Sunday morning. And I don't know if that's injury speculation. I know that Dobbins is, still hasn't played, and I don't know what his status is currently. 
And uh, I think that they also picked up a couple of injuries in the secondary last week against Miami. So mm-hmm. did. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to go to get on board with the Ravens, to be quite honest with you. Although I am down on the Patriots, and I think that uh, the, the Ravens are the better team, certainly. Um, it's probably a pass in my mind. No problem. Okay, passing. I'll just watch it comfortably. I'm trying to go to the four shadows this week and not get too drunk, but watch the games. There you go. <laughs> All right, so the 4 o'clock window, we've got the Jags, the, the darlings of the league now, uh, going to the Chargers. And this is interesting you know, matchup here, you know, the opener, I don't think it's the opener, but it's probably right around that seven, or maybe it's maybe it a little bit higher, higher but there's around point favorite contest, 48 point total. The critical number, you know, the thing is, is Herbert going to play or not? And we don't know. So I agree with you on the survivor. If Herbert was playing, that's, that's the kill clear survivor pick. Um, but the Jags have proven a little salty and they've actually scored points in both games. Granted, they, they haven't played great defenses yet. But I don't know, man. I mean, I love my Chargers, but I'd be scared to death to take seven in the contest with these guys. Yeah, yeah. I um, I am looking on another odd screen here, and it's showing the mm-hmm. opener at 10, which leads me to believe it was probably the look ahead from last week before the Herbert injury and before the Jacksonville Jaguars smashed the Colts. So, uh, I mean, but yards per play, actually, the Chargers are negative 0.4 net. And uh, the Jags are positive 0.3 on the season. Granted, a very small sample size. And you also had in the strength of schedule playing the Colts and the Redskins commanders defense. Right. But uh, I took the Jaguars plus seven, and I still think that there's value on that side mm-hmm. because they're, this is a feisty team. And uh, defensively, they've played well on the young season as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, probably you can – well, maybe it's not true with the seven points. I mean, it's it, – in the NFL, getting seven is awesome. You know, I mean, especially with the two-point conversions and stuff. We can put a yellow on the Jags. Definitely, I can't back the Chargers in this spot. I mean, I'm just telling you, like, this is traditionally the Chargers. We love these guys, and they just can't cover numbers. They just can't do yeah. it, you know? And um, I know it's early, but DVOA has the Jaguars ranked number two through two weeks this season and third <laughs> ranked defensively. There you go. And that was against, you know, What's proven to be pretty good offensive so far in Detroit and, and Washington. So after uh, after that Monday night game, watching the Titans get smashed, I woke up and thought to myself that I'm gonna line shot for a Jerry South championship ticket, and I bought them at plus three ten on Fanduel. You might as well. I mean, the the whole division's all mess right now. If the Titans do end up losing to the Raiders this, this week, and the and the and uh, Colts lose, the Jags could. Could be in first place, you know, mm-hmm. easily by themselves. And if they somehow act the world and beat the Chargers, yeah. I mean, hell, maybe Peterson's a better coach than I thought. So, yep. all right. Uh, Rams go to the Cardinals here. Uh, Rams is a five and a half point favorite, goes down to three and a half. The total went from 51 to 49. The number at three and a half, but the movement is telling. I'm not sure why. Arizona played a great second half against the defense that I don't know what the hell they were doing. Rams, as much as they've been disappointing, just think they're they out the Cardinals here. I don't. I'm not saying we should take it. Oh, what's going on over there? Oh, garage door. Oh. it's right right below here. Oh, that scared me too. Um, I'm not saying we should take the Rams, but I don't know. I kind of feel like there's some value there. The Cardinals Um, but I'm happy to pass as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I 
I like this Cardinals at all, and uh, I think that you're getting a little bit of extra. I mean, you've seen money come in on Arizona already this week, five and a half down to three and a half, and I'd be happy to go against it here. I think um, that the Cardinal offense is a little bit overrated, and they're going to go up against a legit defensive line this week, which the Raiders obviously yep. didn't have last week. And uh, and further, McVay has absolutely owned Cliff Kingsbury in their short careers, six and one straight up, five one and one against the spread. And on those covers, they've been covering by nine this points time. per game. So I, I think I think that uh, it's a big match here in the coaching department, and I'm on board. Maybe with it's a green. All right. Let's do it. Another favorite. I'll have to pick some dogs at some point, I guess. Um, all right, let's go Falcons Man. and Seahawks. Boy, this is a humdinger of a game in the 4 o'clock window. The Falcon, or Seahawks opens a two-and-a-half favorite. I don't know when they did that. Uh, now it's down to a pick in the contest, the total 41 to 42. I was kind of all over the Falcons when it was two and a half because I do think that, you know, mm-hmm. they've been playing pretty good. Seattle, I think, you know, sorry to use the term, shot their load on, uh, in the first week. Um, but now it's a pick. That's uh, tough. I mean, they probably will win the game, but, you know, that 12th man is real in Seattle. I'm happy to stay away from this garbage fest. Yeah. I agree. I uh, I did play the Falcons a little bit when I saw that line started to move pretty quick uh, the other day. I think it was Tuesday. I don't remember when it was moving, but uh, I, I agree. Uh, you know, I did hear that the Falcons stayed out west after the trip to San Francisco last week. Garage is closing again, um, which I think is going to be helpful for them. But uh, I agree. I think it's best. No reason to get gotcha. involved in this game. All right, Green Bay goes to Tampa Bay, the Battle of the Bays, Bay of Pigs, as you know, Boomer would say. Um, Tampa opens a three-point favorite down to a pick. Total went from 44 to 42. This is all because of the injuries, you got to believe. I don't know if I believe in action. I know what we've talked about, these cluster injuries. But Tampa has kind of owned Green Bay when Brady's down there. And mm-hmm. my thing is, if it's a running game, Green Bay against Tampa – you can't run against Tampa, right? I mean, you can't serve, but they still got other guys to stop them. So, Losing. what do you think? Hakeem Hicks, I think the Hakeem Hicks injury is okay. big in that, in that side of the ball because, I mean, we've seen it in the first two weeks. The, the Packers are making some good ground game with Dylan and Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the Packers are going to be able to move the ball on them a little bit in this game. Uh, they, the Packers are... You know, they're negative in the yards or play department where Tampa Bay is by six. So, um, you know, there's an adder to the Bucks, obviously. But, uh, you know, the the wide receiver injuries on the other side of the ball really scare me for the Buccaneers. I don't really know how they're right. going to be able to move the ball against this Packers defense. And I think put all that into a blender, it tells me that I like the under. So, <laughs> I don't yeah, know if yeah, that tells you. Yeah. Uh, well, and every, obviously the public and Sharps alike also mm-hmm. like it because it went from 45 down to 42 now. And uh, right. maybe it's probably just better off that we pass. I certainly would have liked the Packers yeah. catching some points, not a pick them. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's pass. We feel like we got other picks. All right, so the Sunday night game, it's the 49ers against the Broncos. Uh, Broncos opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess that was when Trey Lance was starting. And now they, they're one-and-a-half-point dogs at home. You've got a total one from 43-and-a-half to 45. One-and-a-half, 49ers. Jimmy G, I, I, I take it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, buying into the hype and everything, but 
I think 49ers defense is really good. Russell not played well. This is another primetime game for this team, which is stupid to me. And unless Denver all of a sudden starts making some plays open playbook, I don't see them beating this team. So I'd probably lay that one and a half. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, this uh, Broncos offense is just broken right now. And maybe they'll turn it around at some point, but I don't think that the Niners defense is the one that they're going to do it against. I mean, they, uh, their pass rush is relentless, and I think they're going to be putting some pressure on the pudgy Russell Wilson, which we talked about <laughs> preseason. He's not going to be running as much, and it's came true so far in two weeks. Um, and I think that Jimmy G is an upgrade. This actually did open at this number. I took the Niners at plus 120 on the money line on Sunday night, and I think they're going to win this game pretty handily. So I'm on. We got some green rates here this week. All right. The last game Monday night, uh, the Cowboys against the Giants. Uh, I guess the line was probably set, you know, with Dak Prescott around. So Giants opens a three-point dog at home. Now it's to a pick. Total from 40 to 39 and a half. Um, I'm happy to stay away from this game, action. I don't like either of these teams. I know the Giants, which is, they could go 3-0, and which is really interesting. They'd be one of, you know, for people listening to the podcast for several years, they're going to be action's favorite term, the paper tiger, um, after week three. Yeah. But the Cowboys defense is awesome. I love it. But I don't think it's score, man. I mean, it's just, it's painful to watch this team, and it's kind of a shame how they have nobody with those weapons. But I'm happy to stay away, action. Yeah, I um, agree. I think you've seen there's definitely a sharp move on the Cowboys when they reached the here a couple of days ago. I think I saw this two and a half, and all at once there was a wave of Cowboys money that came in that pushed this thing down towards Pickham. And yeah. uh, I think that was the right move because I think that this Cowboys defense is going to have something for Daniel Jones and company. But I'm also in agreement that it's not worth contest pick. Right, there you go. Well, let's see how likes versus our likes are. Uh, we, we didn't we didn't put the Colts on there. That's a stay away. That's fine. Uh, Buffalo, yeah, we're both that one. Uh, both liked. Well, I like Tampa. You did. So we stay away from Baltimore, Carolina. I think we stayed away from. Yep. Yeah. Cincinnati we both like, and then uh, Tennessee too. So let's look at this card again. So we like the Eagles minus six and a half on the road. Tennessee plus the two at home. Uh, Bengals minus six on the road. Buffalo minus five and a half. Jags could be that other dog if you want to put it on the card at plus mm-hmm. seven. And then the Rams minus three and a half and 49ers minus one and a half. So we do have four greens on there. So it's really just deciding which of those other games we like. They are all favorite action. So it would be, mm-hmm. if we go that way, we'd only have one dog. Just, you know, we can think about that. So. Yeah, and road favorites to boot. So uh, yeah. home field advantage be damned. Exactly. F you home field. Well, let's go over the contest uh, in general. So we had a tough week, one and four, as I mentioned at the top. So we'll see the record five and five. We dropped to, We were up there at 210, man. Now we're down to 1880th. That's okay. We'll, we'll bounce back. Um, the top dog is 10 and 0. There's 15 of those. And then at the top 100, you got to be 9 and 1. So looking tough for the quarter, uh, mm-hmm. but hey, you know, we, we can bounce back over a season long and got to get our seed legs and get these metrics on the right side. It, it has been, in my mind, and always you always say this, the first two, three weeks of this season is very hard to predict, and it yeah. was crazy last week. And, and even our picks, I thought some of them were okay. Some of them were bad from the outset, but 
we kind of got snaked in a couple situations. Yeah, I mean, some late late game variants in the Carolina Giants game and then also in Rams-Falcons certainly yeah. did us in. But I think now we need to focus in a little bit, see if we can get things right back on track here, weeks three and four, and then we'll be going strong into quarter two. Great. Well, hopefully he's listening. My, you know, volleyball partner, you know, I think I told you about Shake and Bake, Team Shake and Bake. You know, that was our yeah. big tournament this year. So Bake's out there waiting you know, anxiously for the, the pop-up on Spotify. So he was bugging me at 4.30. He's like, no no podcast. So I know your dad's looking too. Like, we'll get it out to everybody on Thursday night for once, okay? So give us this, give, give us a break, man. We're trying to have some fun too. Yeah, that's right. And pick winners. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, follow us at Sign Action Pod on Twitter at Sign Action Podcast on Instagram and follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, good luck, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.